Hello and welcome to Connected episode 331. It's made possible this week by our sponsors, Squarespace, Smile, and Mac Weldon. My name is Stephen Hackett and I'm joined by Mr. Mike Hurley. Hello, how are you, Stephen? I'm good, Mike. Happy late birthday. Thank you very much. We're almost twins. Mm-hmm. You're two years older than me. Yes. And what is it, three or four days apart? Mm-hmm. It was a long labor. <laughs> also joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello. Hi. How are you? <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> Hi. That was weird. It's, it's yeah, not your I don't know, wh- I don't really know what weird. he's going with this. Why did you do it? That was <laughs> such a strange you way to say hello. To tell me? I don't know. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, buddy. It's like, hey, hey, take a seat. We need to talk to you about something. Okay, okay what have I done? <laughs> well. What's wrong? It's come to our attention. <laughs> nah, okay. Nothing. Okay, cool. I'm in a weird mood. Let's do follow-up. Let's just do some follow-up. Follow-up. We keep getting lots of feedback about Mike's AirPods Max battery gate. Uh, is there any indication that this could be fixed in 14.5? Is there anything? I haven't really looked at the notes that closely. Mm-hmm. I'm running it on my phone for Look, reasons I, I we'll talk about later. I looked at the release notes for it, and there's nothing uh-huh. about AirPods Max in the release notes. Um hmm. I don't think this problem is an iOS problem, though. I think it's an AirPods problem. So I am expecting that if there's going to be a fix to this battery issue, it's going to have to be a AirPods firmware update right. yeah. rather than an yeah. iOS update. Because, again, like today, I wasn't necessarily noticing a battery issue, but in my audio sources on my Mac, my AirPods Max were showing up even though they were in the case on my desk. And I feel like that shouldn't be possible, right? I shouldn't be able to connect to them when I'm not wearing them. Yeah. Because I could. I tried it. I could connect and start playing audio on them, and they were on my desk in the case. And I kind of feel like it's not the intended use case. I had that uh, come up with my AirPods 2. I connected them as I was like opening the case. I connected them manually, and all of a sudden tiny little podcast voices were coming out of my AirPods while they were still in the charging case. It's like, what, oh, are, you, that's fun. what, are, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. You and Gray sounded very tiny. I like these podcasts, pocket podcasts. I guess. Uh, we've talked about a exercise or tracking device that isn't a full-blown Apple Watch, maybe from Apple. Uh, listener Mikey wrote in to say, have you tried the, is it Withings? Withings? Wothings? I don't remember. I, there is a way to say it, and it's never the one I think it is. Well, there's just so many options we can try. Why things? We things? With things. Um, with things. With things. With things. Mm-hmm. With things. With things. This is the company that... With things with a Z. ...its own. Yes. Then got bought by Nokia. Uh-huh. And then Nokia did nothing with it, really, except rebrand everything and, I think, create a, a hot... Like a blood pressure sensor, and then the original owner of Weathings bought it back for less than he sold it for. Wait, that's not how you do business. It's kind of funny, really, because isn't that also kind of what happened to Nokia with Microsoft? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. So <laughs> Nokia is. had it happen to them and then for them, I guess. Uh, but yeah, so the Weathings sell lots of products, and one of the things that they do is an analog watch 
with some sensor stuff built into it. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember that. And yeah. they look nice, but for me, it's still not... So this, I have two issues with it. One, they look nice, but it's not necessarily what I want visually out of a watch. And two, I'm still back in the same issue because my thing is not that I want to wear one watch instead of an Apple Watch. I want to wear a small selection of watches. Like I might want to wear one this day, one that day, that kind of thing. Steven just bought me a, a, an incredible right. G-Shock for my birthday, right. which I have on now. But next week, I might want to wear a different one. So having a watch with this stuff built in is always the problem. It's it's I want it on everything or nothing. And so these are cool. And if you are a type of person that just wants one watch but doesn't want an Apple Watch but still wants some health tracking stuff, these Wyvings watches might be good for you. They even have an ECG one now, which I didn't know that they did, which is kind of incredible, really, that they have mm-hmm. that um, in, in, a, in a watch like this. And, of course, because they doesn't have a screen and all that kind of stuff, the battery life is bananas like on these things compared to other products. So yeah. maybe it's for you, uh, but you can go take a look. Yeah, I had one for uh, for quite a while, and uh, we're actually going to talk more about this in a little while. So we're going to come come back to this. Yeah, I'm going to circle back as they say. Mm-hmm. Zach wrote in with another hardware feature that was short lived uh, on an Apple product, and I can't believe I didn't think about this. The original iMac G3 had an IR port, so you could beam information. <laughs> To and from your iMac. Can't believe you didn't mention this, Steven. Yeah, I'm so disappointed at you. I know. I'm sorry. Disgraceful. The IR port on the G3. I mean, everyone knows about that. Even I know it. Mm -hmm. So, do you know because you saw this tweet? No, no, no. I was testing you, Mm. seeing how long it would take you to remember this, and you failed. I can't confirm. Federico texted me and said, "I wonder if he remembers the IR port." It's like, bro, I can't remember. I can't even imagine how I forgot about the IR port. It's like, yeah, you're right. Such a disappointment. Yeah, we talked a couple of weeks ago about this on Telegram because we we sent each other disappearing messages. (laughs) Yeah, it was on Telegram. So we actually we talked on Signal. Signal, that was the one. Yeah, Signal's (laughs) what everyone uses now. Wasn't encrypted. Yes. Can't me. Can't see me. Facebook. (laughs) Man, that that WhatsApp thing, like. That is like a true encapsulation of Facebook destroying itself. Because mm-hmm. it, there really was nothing wrong with their update. It was just like, if for business customers, they can access data in a different portal, basically, like at a very simple level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everyone's like, WhatsApp's reading my messages. And then like everyone leaves. <laughs> it's like, oh no. <laughs> when WhatsApp's encryption is better than iMessage's encryption because they don't back it up. Facebook doesn't back it up. It's true end-to-end, unlike Apple's encryption, which can be not end-to-end if you do have your messages and iCloud backups. It's just kind of funny, really. And then everyone's like, Facebook's worried in our messages, and then they will just abandon the platform and, and use Signal instead. It's funny how these things happen to you. Mm. The, that Kensington iPad Pro docking station that we spoke about during CES week, the one that's got like a bunch of USB ports and a Qi charger in the foot and all that kind of stuff, it's available now. Uh, 
It starts at three hundred and seventy nine dollars, <laughs> or three hundred and ninety nine for the bigger one. Uh, I always find that kind of stuff funny. Like, why is it only twenty dollars difference between the two sizes? But nevertheless, um, it's this is a very cool product. But that's a lot of money, like a mm. lot, a lot of money for stuff where, like, I would never buy this right now because. There is nothing to say that it will still work with the next iPad Pro, right? That's the, always the issue with these types of products. Yeah. If something's just around the corner, it would be kind of foolish to drop this money until you see the next iPad Pro because what if it's like... Because they said it might be thicker, right? The big one. But what if it then means it won't fit with that little integrated exactly. USB port thing that yep. they have? You know, like I always, you never forget the, was it the Elevation Dock, the Kickstarter campaign? Yep. It was for like one of the iPhones, and by the time they got it out, the iPhone was a completely different size and shape. Um, So, oh, was it, did it go from 30 pin to Lightning? Was that what that one was? I think that's what it was. Yeah, I think it went from the the 4S to the 5. Yeah, which, if I remember correctly, part of the reason for having the, the, Lightning, like having the lightning made the whole thing easier because it was all about not having to press the two things on the side to pull the phone out. And lightning never needed that. So, yeah, anyway, I, look, this is a cool product. If you, if anybody wants to get it for themselves, like more power to you. Uh, but that's, too, that's, that's, that's a little rich for me, I think. As you mentioned, I'm concerned about future compatibility issues. It doesn't inspire a lot of confidence that we know there's a new iPad Pro coming out and this is coming out now. So I don't like that. I mean, I'm I'm tempted, right? Obviously, it's I think it's a cool idea, but the price tag is what it is and the timing is, is a little unfortunate. And also, I would feel better about this if iPadOS had better support for USB accessories where... Like yeah. I could picture myself using something like this if, say, connecting an audio interface to my iPad Pro didn't involve all the extra hardware and cables that it does right now. Um, and I just don't have a need for a docking station with a bunch of USB ports where effectively, like, it's not like I'm plugging in USB drives all day long to use them in the Files app, right? It's like... Mm-hmm. If, if USB support was better, this would make a lot more sense. So a combination of these things, the price, the timing, and the current support for USB accessories in iPadOS, I think this is a pass for me right now. It is like, I think we, I think we may have mentioned it at the time, like this is a perfect product for what we want the iPad to do. Yeah. It's not a perfect product for what it can actually realistically do right now. Yes. And having like three or four USB ports attached to your iPad is mostly pointless for the actual amount of things Mm -hmm. you can do with it. When really you might just need one. So maybe one day though. So much money. (laughs) It's a lot of money, right? So much money. Well, let's take a break. How does that sound? Okay. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. It lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain name, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store or have a portfolio to share your work or write a blog or host a podcast. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do all of that stuff. 
and there's nothing to install on a server. There's no software patches to worry about in the middle of the night. You don't have to worry about that kind of stuff because Squarespace has it covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. Let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name, and all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. One of my favorite things about Squarespace is the ability to add functionality to a website over time. So last year, I built a site for a a nonprofit here in Memphis. Uh, They're a food kitchen uh, for the hungry and put a site together, basic information, some donation forms and that sort of thing. And towards the end of the year, they wanted to start blogging and have updates about their work. And it was really easy for me to go in and add a blog and I tweaked the layout a little bit. And now they can just update posts on their own. And I didn't have to burn the site down to do it. I was just a few minutes and it was up and running. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com connected. When you decide to sign up, use the offer code connected to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain name and to show your support for the show. Once again, that's squarespace.com connected and the code connected to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for their support of the show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Carrot Weather 5 came out since we last recorded. We, we spoke about it because we were referencing Brian, who makes Carrot Weather, his post on Reddit talking about the upcoming changes to the application as an example of openness and transparency with customers when it comes to subscription stuff. And I think it's a good counterpoint to some of the stuff we were talking about last time. So Carrot Weather did have a subscription plan already, but this new version made some changes to the feature set, like it expanded some and changed some and added new features in for different tiers. There was also, it seems like, as there always is with this stuff, which does make me so sad when I see this, there was a bug in the somewhere in the app or whether it's a thing on Apple's end, which made it seem like features were being taken away from the application until you did the restore purchases thing. And it's just always a shame to me that the general rhetoric around this is that people assume that things are being taken away from them rather than it's a bug. But this is just the way that things have gone over time. But nevertheless, Carrot Weather in general is the prime example, I think, of an app that has been improved by having subscription revenue. There is always new stuff getting added. Every new technology that Apple creates uh, in iOS every year is is added into Carrot where appropriate. Like this is, it's almost like I kind of think of Carrot now kind of in the way that I think about PCalc, right? Where like things are going to get put in the application whether they make sense or not, just because why not add them? Like AR modes, right? Like both PCalc and Carrot where they have AR mode, which is for a calculator and a weather app, probably don't need them, but why not put them in? And as customers of those applications, I like having it there because it's it's like a fun part to it. Uh, but Carrot Weather 5 changes the app in, in, in a big way. And the thing that has changed the most and the thing that I love the most about it is it is now incredibly configurable. Like the, the, the app references like Interface Builder yeah. Like So you basically create your own interface. And that's the perfect way to put it because the amount of control that you have over the application, what's shown, in what order it's shown, exactly what data you want in different places, it is incredibly powerful. 
And I hope that this is a trend that could begin now with some of these types of applications. Like, let me as the user, just give me loads of stuff and let me arrange it in the way that I want. And I, what I, the other thing I do really like about this is because of this stuff, because of the work that's been put in, uh, it's now really leaning more towards powerful weather tool than it ever has before. Like one of the things about Carrot, the Carrot apps is like the personality, right? Like the snarky personality that the app has and it can talk to you and say stuff. I feel like more than ever, you can disable all of that much more easily and more quickly than ever before. And I think that that's a good idea. I think it's fun to have it, but I think not having it as well, it also opens the app up to a wider audience. Um, over time, I've just turned some of that stuff off because the app went from being, hey, this is fun to, in my opinion, this is the very best weather app to now. Mm -hmm. I consider this one of the best iOS apps ever made. Mm -hmm. And so I don't need the fun hook anymore that the personality gave me. Some people still go for it and like, that's cool. But I like now that you can just really easily just remove all of that. And now it's just my really powerful, configurable, beautiful weather app. Yeah, I've got all that stuff turned off. Uh, one thing I just want to touch on about the subscription stuff, there's also the factor, I think most of our listeners know this, is that weather data is not free for these app makers. Mm -hmm. When they go and ping whatever weather service you're using, they get charged. They get charged for radar data, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's not just about ongoing maintenance and updates, even though Care Weather has definitely received those. It is also about you are paying for the data you see in the app. And so out of all the app subscriptions, and we talked about these last week, the subscriptions that we all pay for, in some ways, Weather Apps is like the simplest transaction because they got to pay for data and I'm paying them. And mm -hmm. so I have no problem whatsoever with this business model. And I'm really eager. I hope I hope Brian talks about this at some point. Uh, Carrot Weather used to be paid up front and then it had in-app uh, subscription for various um, features tied to different types of weather data. And now it is free up front with these subscriptions in the uh, app. Okay. And so... That's I, um, the difference, because I wasn't sure. I knew something had changed, but I didn't know what yes. it was, and I'd forgotten that it wasn't free. Yeah, so I imagine that's going to put this in front of many more people, and mm -hmm. I think because it is more customizable and I think more professional, even if you leave all the snark and stuff on, it looks more professional yes. than it ever has. Um, I really just hope, uh, hope he has all the success, because this is fantastic. I agree with you. This is one of the best iOS apps I've ever used. So now that it is so configurable, uh, I wanted to kind of run through all of us and talk about how we have it set up because I expect the three of us have very different needs from a weather app considering our places in the world, right? Like we have the three of us, very different climates mm. that we live in. Um, so I thought it would just be fun to go through it. My the, the application has a bunch of presets and then you can configure them. Um, the preset that I have is the default one, which is called Odin, which I don't exactly know why this is the default. I think it's new for this version, but there's like a bunch of different themes. One of the things that I did like about the customization on the first day that you use it, it gives you just a few features and it like kind of dolls them out over time so you can add the complexity in or you can do what I did, which is what I assume most people did as a button that you can tap to give you every option at once. 
And I think that's really smart, like not to overwhelm people that they feel like they have to like sit down for an hour and really tweak this. But I did just that. Like I sat down and wanted to like set the whole thing up and spend like half an hour on it. Um, and so I liked that I had that option. Um, so from my kind of uh, the way that I have it set up, I have the current observations at the very top, which kind of is just like a summary. And I have the temperature. I have the feels like temperature because I don't know why you'd want any other temperature. Uh, the precipitation chance. Is it going to rain? Uh, the high and low of the day. And then just like a summary of what the index of what the weather is. Then I have an hourly forecast kind of block followed up by cards of relevant data. And this is kind of clever. So it's like a spot of four little pieces of data that can be shown, which are relevant things. So at the moment, I've got 0.5 millimeters of rain in the next 12 hours, uh, what time sunrise is, and the wind speeds. And they change based on what the weather's like every day. Then I have a weekly, like a, sorry, like a daily forecast. So it's showing me over the next seven days, the kind of summary of each day. And I have precipitation amount again and high and low temperature. Then I have summary cards there. Then there are these um, like daily summaries of evening, overnight, morning, afternoon, it's saying for me now, of uh, temperature, rain amount, wind speed, and UV index. I just thought they'd be cool to have in there. Like, why not? And then at the bottom, there's this data points thing where it's just, here's a bunch of stuff. Like, it's all of the types of things you might consider for, for weather, like pressure and humidity and visibility and all that kind of stuff, just at the bottom. Um, so yeah, it's nice, set up nicely. Uh, Steven just sent me a text saying we should make screenshots. So there will be mm. screenshots in the show notes of our weather setups in case you're interested. I also use the uh, Odin theme. I think we all started from the same preset. I think I think we did. Yeah, <laughs> looking at our notes. I think it's the one you're given, and I did play around with them, but this was the one I liked the most. Mm -hmm. So I think it's the best one. Yeah, I do too. Uh, so for me, I have current observations. I show the actual temperature and the feels-like temp. I like seeing both the high-low for the day, and then sunrise, sunset, and then sort of the, the text of about what's going on, all that at the top. Um, my hourly forecast I have horizontally, so I, I can scroll across it so it takes up less space. And I have the precipitation, precipitation chance and amount, uh, basically anywhere I can put it. Uh, the daily forecast I have vertically under that, and then I have the data points in text, and I have almost all of them on because it's fun to see all that data. So... Uh, mine is very text heavy, and I tried to make it basically as visually dense as possible. Uh, one of the differences looking at our screenshots is you both have like the kind of landscape kind of look. Yeah, I thought that was. And a... I just have like the colored block. There's like a setting somewhere to to change that part. Yeah, you can change like the layout of any individual section independently if you want. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, I thought the illustration was a, a f the only fun touch I allowed in the app because I also like I turned off all the snark and like those features months ago because I don't really like when I open it I don't really need it. It's like the same reason why I turned off the carrot button in the top bar yes. because it's like the whole gamification thing with the personality. Like I get it as a hook to start using the app. Now I just really want a way for me to open something that gives me the weather that I want and the information that I want as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. um, so that was my thought. And my layout is basically like based on the Odin theme as well. 
which I simplified for my very simple needs. Like, all I want to know from a weather app is the current conditions, what's it going to be like on a hourly basis for the next two days. And so right underneath the illustration, I have a horizontal graph for the next 48 hours uh, with the mini size. So this is the compact layout for it. Um, then I have the um, F4 cards. Uh, right now in the screenshot, you only see two of them because the other two are not relevant. So I have high and low and sunrise and sunset, but I also have rain and wind. But because it's not raining and it's not going to be windy over the next uh, 24 hours, those cards do not show up because they're not over the threshold. Oh, yeah, because you can set that too, can't you? Like You can set just, it up oh, in settings. Yeah. You can yeah. say it's those cards are dynamic and you can say if it rain is going to be over, say, I don't know, five millimeters over the next... X number of hours, then show up. Otherwise, stay hidden. And I thought that was a really clever touch. Um, and finally, I there have... There are a million a, clever touches in this there, application. Yeah, that's <laughs> one, one of the many. Uh, and lastly, I have a vertical um, list for the, the forecast for the next seven days. And the only data point that is shown... I mean, in addition to the default, so in addition to the little icons for the weather conditions and the temperatures, I have the chance of rain, which I think is the, like, that's effectively the only variable happening in Rome most of the time. Like, we're not, we don't have tornadoes, we don't have snow, we don't really have anything else. It's either going to be good weather or it's going to rain. And so it's a pretty simple setup, and, and I figured I want to make sure that as much as possible, like... I don't want to scroll this screen. It should fit on a single page as much as possible. I think I only, right now on my Pro Max, I only have to scroll if I want to go like uh, uh, beyond three days in the final next seven days forecast. Yeah, I did a... That's how I... Because you can adjust the, like, padding and stuff. You can adjust the height. You can adjust the line spacing in the interface maker. So it's I really, did the same. I set it up yeah. so I would get, like, today, everything I want to know about today, and then the next, like, three or four days yeah. without needing to scroll. Oh, my God, this app is so good. It's very good, and it's part of this idea of... Like, I I seriously think that customization, it's going to, like, we saw this trend start from the home screen, and I think it will expand to more and different areas of the OS, because to me, it only feels natural that our devices and our and not really the apps that we use are so mature at this point, then the next logical step, at least to me, feels like, well, now that we have all these options why not let users customize them more? And that feels like an obvious approach to me. Mm -hmm. And I think it's only logical that Carrot Weather had all these, you know, these different data points before, these different integrations, all these different modules that you could install in the app and customize in the widget. But you didn't really have full control over the UI. And now you do. And I think that's the way to go. And I think it's something that I want to start seeing in more apps. Not that I do not want developers to make their own choices. I just feel like it's, Better if users also have the option to rearrange things around because we're not stupid. I mean, it depends how you look at it, right? The developer still has to make all of the choices. Right. The developer makes the tools and makes the default choices. Yeah. 
but I think the Carol approach in this case is really well done. Same with Widget Smith, for example, right? Mm-hmm. David made all those tools, all those features possible, but then it's up to you to do whatever you want with them. Yeah, I, I think it's all. I, I, I really love it. I wanted to also ask what um, data source you use. I, I use Dark Sky right now. I'm nervous about this because I don't know what's going to happen to it when that API thing runs out. And the reason I do it is because it has good kind of like seven day availability in the UK, but it also has the precipitation alerts and within like a, you know, within an hour or whatever. And I don't want to lose that. I don't really know what to do. So I just kind of, I was was just wondering like, what what do you guys use for the, um, for your data source? I use um, AccuWeather in general, because I think that turned out to be the most accurate uh, when I last did a bunch of tests last year. But for a few months now, I have used a Netatmo personal weather station so that when I'm in a 1.5 kilometer range of my home, Carrot Weather automatically switches to that. And so it shows I me... I didn't know it did that. Oh my God, that's so smart. Yeah, it's got Netatmo, like you log in with your Netatmo account in Carrot's settings. And so when you're in close range to your home, it shows you data... Uh, I mean, the the data that it can collect, right? So temperature, humidity, that kind of stuff. I don't have a rain sensor, for example, so it uses uh, the other source for that part. But for the basic info, yeah, it uses my personal weather station. And which weather station do you have? Uh, The basic one, the Netatmo personal weather station. Like, it's a two-module thing. It's like there's a little indoor cylinder and an outdoors um, sensor. You don't have one of these, Stephen, a weather station? I feel like you would be a weather station person. Yeah, the thing is, if I do it, I'm, I'm going to want to go all Jason Snell on it and do like right. a, a, a real one. Like, no, I yeah, mean... Yeah, it's not that kind of weather station. This yeah, is yeah. like a very simple one. And so I have not allowed myself to go down that road because I would just spend all the money. And you use the radar stuff a lot, right? I do use the radar a lot. And in my part of the U.S., we, again, we get these big storms, and so... Uh, the radar is is really critical to me, and that is uh, really good in carrot weather. And in five, it's even easier to to get to because it's just a tab on the bottom. <clears throat> in carrot weather four, it was like a, a more than one tap to get to it. So uh, I really appreciate that becoming more front and center. Uh, like Federico, I use AccuWeather. I've looked at a bunch of these sources, and it seems to be the most accurate when comparing it with local data. Uh, You'd hope and, so, right? Yeah. I mean, it's in the name, so it's not, <laughs> it's not called InaccuWeather. So. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. kind of weather. <laughs> Maybe. I also just don't like how the Dark Sky API puts in like 1% chance of rain. It's like, that's that doesn't matter to me. Like, you, you know, like some of their data is a, a little funny sometimes. I do have it pull in Dark Sky, so I do get, hey, it's going to start raining in 10 minutes. That's still very accurate where I live. But I prefer the AccuWeather forecast data, and CarrotWeather can blend the two. Uh, so that's how I have mine, mine set up. One, one thing we didn't mention is that there are ads in CarrotWeather 5, but they're all for other indie apps or weird made-up things. I love the made-up ones. They're very funny. Yeah, so like in John's review, there's one for pay off your medical bills, sell your kidneys, want your very own baby, bribe a corrupt <laughs> stork in your area today. So... <laughs> 
as always, <laughs> are right on brand. <laughs> well done. Uh, and, I, and I like that that is for like indie things. And so you can, I think that's a really cool way to do it. Brian has said that that may become actual advertising at some point, but he wants to do it in a way that doesn't track anything. So at this point, he's just doing it all himself with these indie and funny ads. I saw them somewhere, but even the like the ads for other iOS apps, it's still written in this style. Mm-hmm. I think that they did one for Dark Noise, and it was kind of I don't remember the exact thing, but it was along the lines of like, do you need to shut out the horrors of the world or, or something like that, right? Like you use Dark Noise, so I like that that's in there. I often wonder who's writing this stuff. Like Brian Mueller, the developer, is he doing it? How much of his day is spent? I don't want to get this wrong. I believe he's got a major in English literature. I mean, he has to yeah, he does. be very skilled in this area. Again, Brian, please correct me if I'm wrong when you listen to this. I think the last time we interviewed him on App Stories, he told us the story of like, he, he actually is like a really good writer and he used to write fiction. Maybe, I don't know. I may be misremembering details. But it must be just take so much time, and it's really well done as well. Yeah. Like the snarky part, even even if like I keep it off, but it's really well done and it's really on point as well. So he spends a lot of, I, I don't I don't remember like how many thousands of new lines of dialogue this new version of Carrot Weather has, but thousands. Well, I just I assumed think. he's adding them daily, right? Because there's always yeah, he can push, and them. he's got a system for pushing them from the server mm-hmm. to the app. Man. Yeah, it's like when something happens, like worldwide, some global event, uh, and you see the the little snarking carrot weather. Uh, that's always funny. It's very impressive. So if, if you haven't checked this out, go check it out. And, uh, and like we said, our setups for this will be in screenshots in, uh, in the show notes. This episode of Connected is brought to you by PDF Pen from our friends at Smile. Power through PDFs with the Mac community's favorite PDF editor so you can fall in love with your work again. With PDF Pen, you can show PDF who's boss. Edit any PDF with a click of a button, fix typos, and add text as easily as you would in a word processor. Breathe new life into paper documents. With the magic of OCR, turn images of handwritten and printed text into content you can search, copy, and edit. You can protect your content and ensure your documents are safe, through password protection, metadata removal, and true redaction. And your documents will look like you're a pro. So you can impress your boss, your colleagues, and your clients with efficient, secure, and 100% digital workflows like filling out, signing, and copy editing, just like it's 2021. PDF Pen is the tool I turn to when I'm doing stuff with PDFs on my Mac We've all struggled to use, you know, built-in tools. Just just stop. PDF Pen, so much better. And you can do anything with PDFs with this tool. It's really impressive. PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro work with PDF Pen for iPhone and iPad for seamless editing across devices with cloud services such as iCloud, Dropbox, Google Drive, OneDrive, and more. Learn more about PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro at smilesoftware.com slash podcast. Apple is hiring. This is a a report that came out a couple of days ago. They are looking for a senior engineering project manager to join Apple's health hardware group to work on, quote, Apple branded health hardware products, according to this job listing. 
This is really interesting to me because it seems to tip a hand that Apple is looking at additional hardware that could tie into their health kit ecosystem. And I want to know what we would want to see. What do we think this this could be? Well, one thing, I did go and the job posting's still up because I've seen this stuff in the past where someone's put something in a job posting which might not be right. This and this, but it's still up. And this role, it's in the uh, Apple branded health hardware products team. Apparently, this team does stuff like the um, working with gym companies and things like that. So, like, it's an existing team. But this particular role seems to strongly hint at products from Apple, right? So, I just wanted to set that up as like it's a team that already exists doing other stuff, right? But it also the way that this uh, role is is outlined kind of seems like you would be responsible for helping with the final parts of putting something to market, which seems that like if this is a product that Apple's making, could hint towards the fact that something's soon. Maybe AirTags have been a health product all along, right? But So we were supposed to all run around to find the things. But couldn't it just be a new Apple Watch? Yeah, but is Apple Watches aren't in the health hardware team, surely, right? That's the Apple Watch team. But imagine Apple saying, like, we are adding new sensors, health-related sensors to the Apple Watch, and you got to mm-hmm. write the job posting in a way that it, is, it sounds super generic. Like, isn't this the way that you will write it? Yeah, but then it's not a very fun topic. (laughs) Sure. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, we're using this as a lead-in to something else. Um, But there is a team called Apple Health Hardware, and they do stuff. And it's also worth remembering, I'm probably going to mention these in a minute, they own that company, Bedit. Do you remember these? It's like a sleep monitor thing? Yeah, I had one of those. My girlfriend had had me remove it from our bed in like two days. It's like, no, you're... You're not keeping that thing under the sheets. They get the file maker treatment. So the bottom bottom of the Bedit website says copyright 2019 Apple Inc., which is funny because that's now two years out of date. So it mm. shows that they're getting the, the old file maker treatment where shush, Bedit, just <laughs> get on with what you're doing <laughs> kind of thing. But that's it's still a product you can buy. You're technically buying it from Apple. Um, maybe that's part of this team. Maybe they're doing more. But yes, I understand what you're saying. Could be nothing. But if it was something, what would you like it to be? I would love to have like an Apple made smart scale, like a like a, a very basic one. I used to have a Y things scale years ago, and then it stopped working. So I got another one. Mine is branded Nokia. Okay. Even though I use the Wythings app. So going back to what we were talking about earlier on, the app is now Wythings, but my scale is Nokia, <laughs> which is just funny uh, with the backwards and forwards. But yeah, I, I have one of those. Got another one from another brand that I don't remember, and then it also stopped working. So I, I guess I would really love to have a very simple smart scale made by Apple that is reliable, durable, uh, that does not use basic Bluetooth, but something more, you know, with a stronger connection that mm, ties in with the Apple Watch, that ties in with my mm. phone. I just want to wait myself without having to wait for Bluetooth connections or for battery life to, you know, run out after two months. You know, very, very what basic, simple product. I don't know. Something is wrong, man. Something, so, I don't know. It's the my bathroom is sucking up all the Bluetooth. I guess I don't know. What humidity? <laughs> Surely they're built for that, though. Maybe. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, <laughs> just like the batteries didn't run out. You're like, well, this thing's broken. <laughs> so there's that. So there's that. Um, obviously, you know myself, you as the thief of my chest strap. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. I would love to have an Apple made one for like intense workouts or for people who cannot wear an Apple watch, like the, the, uh, like a better heart rate monitor made by Apple uh, as a chest sensor. I think that would be interesting. I'd love that too. Cause then I would have a new thing to steal. Right. You as the, the- uh, residence thief of the show of, of uh, chest heart rate monitors, sweaty uh, heart rate monitors. You will love that. Like everyone has the thing, their thing, right? Everyone has their thing. Everyone has a ah. thing. And that, that my, is yours. That is, look, we, look is this is a safe space. We're not judging you. We love you. And we understand you. Monitors. And we support you no matter what your thing is. Thank you. And finally, I think I will, I'm intrigued by the idea of Apple making actual workout equipment. Like, what if you could buy an, in, like, okay, let me rephrase. What if Apple made a Peloton bike, <laughs> basically? Like, actual equipment made by Apple. That would be fun. I don't know why. Like, we're talking, you know, people are talking about cars, right? Apple car, Apple car. Yeah, I don't want an Apple car. I want a, an Apple bike. This makes <laughs> more sense to me, like Apple making exercise equipment than a car. Yeah. Like I could genuinely, because it feels closer to what they do and what they're good at doing and what they've been successful at doing than a car because mm-hmm. like i don't hear a lot of great things about carplay and that's kind of as far as car has gotten but like apple watch and fitness plus and people love that stuff i think it makes a lot of sense for them and also i imagine you know i'm just going to take a bet here that an exercise bike is easier to build than a car I'm just, you know, just taking a bath. <laughs> I'm just gonna take a get, and also I assume it's you know less moral and uh, uh, regulatory issues with cars mm-hmm. uh, than exercise bikes. So I would like to see that kind of stuff. It would be interesting. Bikes, uh, treadmills, obviously, mm-hmm. like all kinds. Like cover the most popular workouts first. Then maybe expand, you know, a yoga mat made by Apple because why not, right? Made of aluminum. <laughs> <laughs> My girlfriend bought a professional Pilates mat like a, a few years ago. And those things, like the actual professional things, are, are expensive. You know what they make it out of, though? That same material they make the magic keyboard out of and like that like terrible oh no oh my like, god like that's oh god. so like you would you would physically just grip to it like you wouldn't be able to move it'd be horrible i will cover it in stickers just like the magic <laughs> keyboard <laughs> sticker covered yoga mat yeah honey that's... did you put uh kickstands on my yoga mat please stop <laughs> <laughs> hey are you still living that kickstand life <laughs> well no i'm using the magic keyboard Oh uh, yeah, that was on the smart keyboard, wasn't it? The yeah, that was on the smart key on the smart keyboard. Yeah, for all I know, you put kickstands on the magic keyboard. I don't know. Kickstands are not like a thing for me, like chest traps may be for you. It's just one thing that I did once. I don't know. Because it started off with like one and then there were like twelve. Mm, yeah, but on the same product. Like it was contained to the same accessory. It was weird. It was it was not weird. It was not It was weird. Oh, okay. Okay, says the guy who steals sweaty straps from people who go to gyms. Okay, sure. The kickstands were weird. They like they were very <laughs> no, useful weird. for you, but they were weird. <laughs> They're not you weird. You have these tiny little feet on your iPad. <laughs> They're not 
that you just you used to just flick them out and stand your iPad up on it. They're not foot shaped. They are. <laughs> I don't. Oh. It's strange to have all of these kickstands all not, over the place. It's, it's not strange. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it really. But we should. Uh, I mean, so back to the topic. At some point, we should revisit the idea of the Apple Car and our thoughts on it, especially in light of the recent rumors about it. Mm. Because I personally am not sold on the idea of purchasing an Apple car right now. I don't want to have to think about it, even. Mm. Right? Like, I don't even want to have to think about my career. Yeah. How do you cover an Apple car? (laughs) Yeah, in the sense of there's now this thing that they do, and it's a car. Yeah, it's... And it's just like how if that becomes a big talking point for a period of time, which it certainly will, right? Because it would be so weird if they do it. I, I, I don't feel comfortable even conceiving of having to deal with that. You know how sometimes I will try one piece of technology and then end up trying a different piece of technology and selling the first one? It's happened. Aren't you doing that again right now? It's happened once or twice. You're doing it now, aren't you? Can you imagine doing that with a car? Do you, do you notice how he's not answering me, which means he's editing this out? And I'm going to try to phrase this in a way that I don't offend anybody. But it seems to me as if people who purchase a certain type of electric car these days, they become very quickly obsessed with sharing photos of that particular car. And it's like the whole life now revolves around that particular brand and the CEO of that brand and that car. Yeah, you're talking about uh, Mazda. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Everybody's buying Mazdas these days, right? (laughs) It's like, it's it's the hot new thing. Hey, I just got a Mazda. (laughs) It's like they're sharing this photos of the, the, the you know the like what's it, what's it called in the car the cockpit it's not called what's it called <laughs> no cockpit yeah yeah you got it <laughs> you know every you know and everyone's like oh man i love akira marimoto he's my favorite akira marimoto he's a visionary sure it's he's like, changing the world okay, do you spend like your day like do you live in your car now because all you do is share photos of of your, your steering master. wheel uh, well, I think master. for the, the price of some of these things, I think for some people, the answer is, yeah, they do now. Well, <laughs> the cars are very expensive. Are the, the more photos you take, you get a discount or something? I don't know. How, how does uh-huh. it work? It's like, and, they, so, and, they, so and they get so giddy scheme. when there's a software update, right? It's like, hey, now I can play Pac-Man in my Mazda. It's like, okay. Let's, uh, uh, describe to me how exactly that works. Well, you have 30 minutes free in your day, in your afternoon. You're like, honey, I'm going to the garage and I'm going to play a little Pac-Man in my Mazda. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, it it rained. My Mazda's bumper came off. And remember, we are talking only about Mazda here. That's right. If you think we're talking about something else, we didn't say that. I said nothing. I said Mazda. Mazda. Mike said uh, Akira Maramoto. And Akira Maramoto only. (laughs) So... Anyway, this this is not a topic today. It's just a, a parenthesis. I tried Googling to see if Akira Maramoto owned a, a space rocket company because that would have been the best thing ever and I couldn't find anything that suggested that they do. They they don't. It's a shame. Can you imagine how perfect that would be? That would be it would be great. That would be incredible. You know, monsters have a real smell to them. They have a real um Wait. 
smell? Yeah, like a real musky smell. <laughs> oh, oh, there, there we is. go. Okay. So I wonder where it was going. I wonder what it was going to be, and there it is. They got it. For a second, I thought that smelling Mazda's was was Steven's new thing. It's my special uh, thing. But it was just a bad joke. <laughs> it's just okay. Can we bring this? all the way back around to the original yes, topic. Yes, and I apologize. Right. Sorry. No, yes. it was a great aside. We all learned some new things about Mazda. We've referenced this a little bit earlier. I want an Apple Watch without the watch part. Yep. So all the sensors How? is what I want. So without a screen? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So a Fitbit. So I want something that does all my fitness tracking, uh, heart rate tracking, all of that kind of stuff. Just like a, a tasteful sport band that's just, you know, basically looks like the sport bands, right? Like an it's Apple just band. a bracelet that I wear, right? And I would love that product. Uh, I think I think it would be a great thing for them to create at some point. I really hope that they do. You know, you can it can send all of that stuff to my iPhone. It would get, I assume, multiple days of battery life. Uh, I would love it. I think it'd be super cool. If they wanted to, I wouldn't use this, but if they wanted to, they could try and put some kind of tactic thing in it. I don't know. Uh, I just, I, as I've said this many times, saying I like to wear watches. I also want that information. I'm not wearing two watches. I would, that would be a product I'd really love. Would you wear it around your ankle? <laughs> no, I'd wear it on my other wrist. <laughs> He's not a Mazda fan. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I now feel bad for Mazda owners. They don't. No one owns a Mazda. We'll find out. Oh, uh, yeah, that's we'll what you think. F- we'll find out. I see. The, I see the pictures in my Twitter. Uh, <laughs> the whole Instagram account. People in their Akira Maramoto posters. That's right. Hashtag uh, Mazda fam. Mazda mania. Uh-huh. Uh, I would like an actual, fully integrated sleep tracking device. Not that weird bed thing, because I don't. I also don't like to wear watches when I sleep. I never have. But I am interested in sleep tracking, but I don't have, I would like an actual, I would like a product for that. And I would like, because again, people are going to say to me, hey, hey, there is this, pro- hey, there is this product that can do what you want. There is this product that can, you can do what you want. Like, I like the idea of, of more health uh, connected technology at home, like thermometers, blood pressure devices, all that kind of stuff. It just seems like I, the technology exists for me to be able to do, to do these things at home now. But I don't want to buy these from any kind of rando company. Like, this is the kind of technology where I'm like, where even I am worried about privacy implications of it, right? Because I know I tend to be a little bit like, I'll use Instagram, whatever. Like, I will opt into personalized ads because I like the personalization. You know, like, there is a spectrum of of people's care decisions about privacy i tend to be a little bit more like i'll take the trade-off but if it, when it comes to like things measuring stuff about the health of my body <laughs> i want to feel like i can intrinsically trust that company so i feel like i want apple to make more products like this even if stuff already exists out there in the world i i don't want to get like a blood pressure device from whatever company that keeps getting bought and sold by Finnish phone makers, right? <laughs> like, you know, what? like I, I, that's the kind of stuff where I really want to feel like I can trust the company that, that is selling them to me. That's, is that wild, what I just said? Or? No, no I, I'm right there with you. I think there's a big market for Apple to do this. I think the privacy stuff alone that Apple is so good at and talk about so often would put them in a good position in the market. Not only are they stable and not being bought and sold by Nokia every 10 minutes, but 
the fact that people could trust the devices to keep everything on their phone. It would all sync into health kits. So you could have all your data with you all the time. That's what's so great about the Apple Watch is you have this rolling history. And if you have one with an ECG or with the blood oxygen sensor, all that data is in there as well. I think it makes a ton of sense for them to move into this. And and I, honestly, I, I wish they would. I wish they would make you know cool exercise bikes and stuff and flesh out this ecosystem. And I think Fitness Plus could be the road to that, right? It's, it's not... It's not that different from Peloton. They started with biking, and over the years, they've added other things. You could start with the fitness classes and build out hardware and other things around it. And so I think it's totally in their in their wheelhouse. And Tim Cook is big on talking about Apple's impact in their users' lives when it comes to health and fitness. And so it's it's even on brand from that perspective. It's another realm of consumer technology, right, That's that's logical to get into. And to continue pushing into, because they they have seen great success with the Apple Watch, and I think a big part of that is all of the health stuff. I think that's what people care, care about. I, I'm with you. I want to wear other watches, but I'm doing uh, physical therapy right now, and so when I do that, I take my watch off and put my Apple Watch on to track that workout because I want that data. And I wish I didn't have to switch back and forth. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into iOS 14.5, but first let me take our last break. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Mac Weldon. There's a lot of things we all want to leave behind in 2020. One of those things for you might be your old underwear drawer. If you're rolling into the new year with the same bunching, uncomfortable underwear you've always had, check out Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon stuff is fantastic. Everything I have tried from them I absolutely love. And it is slowly taking over more and more of my dresser. Uh, And it's not just underwear. It's socks and shirts and hoodies and polos, active shorts. I got a couple pairs of those for when I want to be active, and they're fantastic. And in shorts. And in shorts. Yep. Uh, That's why I have carrot weather. I can see if is it active weather, active short weather. Is it active shorts day or not? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mac Weldon promises comfort and a consistent fit, so you and everyone on your gift list can look great and feel great. From working out, going out, going to work, or on a date, Mac Weldon is for everyday life. With a wide range of customized fabrics, your garments will keep up with you no matter what your day looks like. And don't forget to join Weldon Blue, the totally free loyalty program. Level 1 gets you free shipping for life. Once you reach level two by spending $200, you get 20% off every order for the next year. Mack Weldon wants you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep them and they'll still refund you, no questions asked. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash connected and enter promo code connected. That's MacWeldon.com slash connected. And the promo code CONNECTED will get 20% off your first order. Mack Weldon is reinventing men's basics. Our thanks to Mack Weldon for their support of the show and Relay FM. Apple released the beta 1 of iOS 14.5. Did 14.4 just come out? Was it 14.3? Point 0.4 came out. It was point 0.4 that just came out. I'm getting lost in all the numbers. <laughs> so many, it's been so many numbers, which actually leads me to a question I wanted to ask you, Federico. Is a 0.5 release unprecedented? In February, I think so. Usually, this is like 
March, April, like point five. Yep. What 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 release brought the trackpad support? Point three, and it was in the spring. Yeah. So uh, at least in no, recent no, times. No, thirteen point four. Okay. Yeah, in the spring. Yeah, they didn't even start getting to point fives until the last couple of years. Uh, point three was as high as they went for quite a while. Yeah, and there's some of them that uh, I believe maybe iOS 13 had uh, version 0.6 and 0.7, but yeah. they were released like later in the year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it is a th- this timeline is a little accelerated at this point, having a 0.5 at this time of year. Yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, I'll run through them and we can stop and talk about them if there's anything that we want to expand on. They finally put the Apple logo in landscape on the iPad like boot up screen. Woo! Maybe it's one of one of those things that they've been meaning to check them off their list forever and they finally had the time. But what like what's the significance of the horizontal Apple logo besides being like a nice thing? Well, I think it's been pretty obvious for a long time that the iPad is mostly used horizontal, right? Like, because Apple continue to make all these cases that put it in horizontal. And it's just one of those things where it's like, why do it now? Why is it taking you so long? And why have you done it now? I assume a lot of the time it means nothing, right? It's just that they just got round to it. But I think it's also fun, like how we look at the invites to Apple events and try and work out what they mean uh, to look at random esoteric changes in iOS and work out what they mean. <laughs> so... This is one of those things. Uh, something that's probably more useful to people is emoji search on the iPad virtual keyboard. Federico, can you explain to me how this is different um, or like what's what's going on here that's maybe not in other places? So what's going on is that emoji search was added to the uh, iPhone's keyboard in iOS 14. Um, and it was like uh, one, of the, one of the big features for regular people, like, oh, you can finally search for emoji. And what was weird about it is that iPadOS received the same emoji um, sort of a makeover with a new emoji pop-up in iOS in iPadOS 14. However, there was no search field. So they redid it inspired by based on the iPhone design. But the key feature of it, the reason why a lot of people were excited about this emoji update, they did not ship it on the iPad. And it was weird because it's not like we're talking about, say, the home screen and having home screen widgets, which are missing on iPad. And you can make the argument for, well, that's a big complex thing and the iPad home screen is different, right? So maybe they need more work, they need more time. We don't like it, but we understand. It was like a literal search box in an emoji pop-up and it was missing. And it kept, you know, not being available until iPadOS 14.5. So I don't know. I, I struggle to imagine the complexity of adding an emoji search field to the iPad once you've done the work on iPhone. It's like, what, you forgot to add it? Like, I don't get it. Still, nice that it's finally available, I guess. When you install these new betas, do you still try and add widgets to the home screen? On the iPad? I don't have the beta on my iPad. Oh, okay. Do you not? You put it on your iPhone? Every time a new beta uh, version of iOS 14, iPadOS 14 comes out, I see the tweets of people saying, no, still no widgets. Look, I don't think it's happening. 
in the iPad OS 14 cycle at all. No, it's, it's probably 15. If now. they're doing it, um, but I said this last year in June, we had the same conversation. Like, if they're doing it, then they're not going to just flip a switch and say, in, oh, we f- we enabled it on iPad. No, because when they do it, you know that it'll come with other changes to the home screen and new widget sizes for the iPad. Mm-hmm. I think that's the reasonable way to go about it. Uh, having more layout options and having more size options for widgets in iPadOS. So I think I would stop waiting for the magical beta of iPadOS 14 that adds widgets to the home screen. It's not going to happen until iPadOS 15. Hopefully, it's going to happen in 15. Uh, There's indications that Apple Card will be available for a joint account, which is not a thing that's been available before. I'm still surprised that Apple Card has not made its way outside of America. That is a surprise to me that they haven't started doing the Apple Card in other countries. Um, Fitness Plus gains AirPlay support. So if you have a television um, that has AirPlay on it, you can um, AirPlay from a uh, an iPhone or an iPad with your Fitness Plus workouts. But when you're using AirPlay, your heart rate and fitness ring and other metric stuff is not shown on the Apple TV. You have to look at those on your Apple Watch. Don't know why. I guess I guess those things are an overlay in a Fitness Plus app, and it's not the videos, I guess. That's what's going on there. Um, support for the new games console controllers, the PlayStation 5 and Xbox nice. uh, controllers are supported now too, which is cool. They've redesigned the search pages in the podcast app. Type to Siri has been changed. What's going on with Type to Siri? So Type to Siri is now using the same compact UI that we've seen in other places in iOS 14. Um, previously, uh, when you enabled Type to Siri, which is an accessibility feature, it took over the entire screen, sort of a blurring the background. Uh, and it was really unchanged from iOS 13. But now they have updated it so that it's now like this compact bubble that appears at the top of the Siri indicator. And so it's just this small floating text field, and you can type in it, and it doesn't hide the background, it doesn't blur the background, so you see what's underneath, whether it's the home screen or an application that you're using. And it's just another instance of Apple redesigning something that was full screen and taking over the context of what you were doing and making it smaller, making it compact, using these floating elements that uh, they have used in a bunch of places in iOS 14. Uh, there's better support for 5G. You can now have dual SIM support. If you used 5G, you couldn't have a dual SIM. Uh, apparently, they've made some stuff for T-Mobile too, which makes it better for 5G. App tracking transparency is one of the big things in 14.5. It's not being added, but this represents the deadline So app tracking transparency is this thing where developers need to get permission from users to access their random advertising identifier to be able to track them around the web and in other apps. You've probably heard of this in relation to Facebook. Um, There's Apple and Facebook are in a bit of a shouting match over this at the moment. I think this is going to be really interesting to watch how it's going to be rolled out. You know, like in theory, every application that has any advertising in it, which is powered by some kind of tracking, which probably most of them, I suppose, uh, every app's going to have to say to you, hey, can I track you? And then you say, yeah, or please don't. I wonder what it's going to be like. The only thing that I can kind of remember is you remember when they changed, was it Bluetooth? And every application for a while was asking you, 
about your Bluetooth location thing. Yeah. And it was really annoying. <laughs> and yeah. I wonder if it's going to be like that. I also, I'm also just intrigued to see how it ends up unfolding anyway, because there's a lot of money and companies at play here and everyone's making increasingly aggressive uh, attacks at each other. Like mostly it's just Apple and Facebook right now, but I don't know if it's going to stay that way. I'm intrigued to see how this one's going to going to play out. Reminder sorting. What's going on there, Stephen? I have so many things to say about this. I am a connoisseur of task managers. I think everybody knows that. You're saying that to yourself. That That is literally a compliment you're paying to yourself. Look, I'm a man of the people, but right under that is connoisseur of task managers. I don't know if... Okay, so two compliments. I, I don't think man of the people mm-hmm. and connoisseur go together. Well, man of the fancy people. <laughs> I'm a man of the people unless it comes to task managers where I'm definitely better than you. <laughs> That's not. That's too long for the gravestone. You gotta... You're a man of the people with many asterisks at mm-hmm. the end of that sentence. Okay. Wait, did you just say you wanted that on your gravestone? I'm saying what you said would be too long for a gravestone. Stephen Hackett. Stephen Michael Hackett. Mm-hmm. Man of the people. Connoisseur of task managers. Wait, your middle name is Michael? Yes. So Mike, is your middle name Stephen? No. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great though? <laughs> I feel fantastic. like I should change my name. <laughs> Twins. <laughs> oh, Michael Steve, Stephen Michael Hackett and Michael Stephen Hurley. That's what the M stands for in ISMH. It's Michael. What do you think the M stood for? I thought it was Mark. No, that's my brother's name. Wow. Kind of. Kind of. The Hackett family naming is 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 a trip. What were we talking about? Uh, your gravestone. <laughs> <laughs> So in uh, the Reminders app, which got a redesign, what, Federico, in iOS 13, 12? When did they redo it? Uh, it was 13. Question. 13. It was 13. It was last, uh, yeah. two years ago I wrote about it. Yeah. Reminders got this big overhaul, much better, but you cannot sort things in a list uh, in any automatic way. And so they just, you added new tasks to an, a list and they'd show up at the bottom and a lot of applications have options to sort by due date or alphabetically or by when it was added. You know, various apps have various options. Things like Todoist will automatically keep those lists sorted. So if you add a new item, it automatically goes into the right place. Something like OmniFocus, you have to resort the list every time. Anyways, Reminders didn't have this, uh, which really uh, bugged me because I really like sorting in, in my in my list. I like them sorted by due date. Uh, so this this comes out in the 14.5 beta. It's also very curiously in Big Sur 11.2, which is public. Uh, it's, it's and in 11.3 beta they added printing, but 11.2 adds the sorting. And you can who needs printing? Uh, uh, you know, you I guess print, printing's a thing. Print your task list. Yeah. Well, you want to go to the supermarket. You want to have a little piece of paper. You print yeah. out your reminders. As soon as I said it, I realized the many, many reasons that you might want it. But then I second-guessed myself of, like, if it's so important, why is it taken two and a half years to add it? Mm-hmm. I think if anyone really needed it, they're not using reminders. You know, being this a feature designed arguably for old people, they probably, you know, mailed their feature request to Apple, and it took a while for the letters to arrive. Hey, 
I didn't mail it. I faxed it. See? Come on. So. Fax it directly to Craig Federighi's desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the sorting works. You can – it's on a per-list basis, and you basically go into the list options and say sort by due date or or whatever. It's still not exactly what I would want. Uh, it does this thing where tasks with uh, no due date show up above tasks with dates. So in a Stun list where you – again. So say you have a list with two items with no due dates. Yeah. They show up at the top of the list above things that are overdue and due today and due tomorrow. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. To as me. opposed to being at the bottom, which is where they should yeah. go. They show up at the top? Yeah. Why? I don't know. It's really weird. No other to do app. And you're sorting does. by due date? Yes. And they show up at the top? Yes. <laughs> they just show Wait, up at the it's bottom. It's like we live in Australia. Why do they show up at the top? <laughs> I don't know. They just show up at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so. I will not accept does it this. Change? Why do they show up at the top? Do they always show at the top whether you're ascending or descending on date? Right. Let's see. Are, are you ascending, Stephen? Well, no, there's no ascending or descending controls. It's just well, manual is... due date, priority, creation, no, data title. Hold on. Hold on. What if you tap this selected option again? Mm, I'm on my Mac. Let me get my phone. Does it toggle? Because sometimes they have these silly controls where it doesn't say ascending or descending, but if you tap it again, it switches the order. Let's see. Could it, could it be? Sort by due date. Okay, tap it again. Oh my gosh. On the Mac, they show up at the top. On iOS, they show up at the bottom. But does the ascend... Oh, no, we need to come back to that in a second. Does the ascending, descending thing... Okay, on iOS, you have the option of earliest first or latest first which is effectively ascending or descending. Yeah, no, that is what it is, but they don't name things. It's like, it's like what is it, out-dent left and out-dent right? <laughs> out-dent out left. Out-dent. This is not a criticism. I, I think I said this at the time. Out-dent left and out-dent right, I know why, or it's indent left and indent right, whatever one it is, I know why you would do it, right? And it's the same way while I know I know why you would no, do earliest first and latest first rather than ascending how, and descending. It's not how languages work. I know, but they are easier to understand. <laughs> earliest first and latest first is easier to understand than ascending and descending because typically ascending and descending is like USB for me. I always have to press it three times to get the one that I want. I think I want one, and then I change it, and then realize it wasn't the one that I wanted, and then go back to the original one. Because just to, in my mind, it's I can never remember which one's going to be first if I'm ascending or descending. But anyway, so I know why they do it. No, but outdent left and outdent right, it's as silly as saying, you know how there's left and right? Well, what if you said there's left and there's the other left? No, it's not called the other left. It's called right. <laughs> it's, it's left and left times two. <laughs> Inverse left. It's not how it works. You can't just make anyway. up words like that. Okay. So on iOS, no due date shows up at the top when you sort by date. <laughs> And it's on the iOS, it's at the bottom where it should be. So the two apps don't even act the same way in the sorting. Well, cause it, could it be that on the Mac it's not done yet because it's in an earlier version? It may be. It may be. I'm not running 11.3 on any of my Macs. So maybe in 11.3 they act the same. But Because on the iPhone it's acting as we would want it to, right? Yes. new stuff showing at the bottom and then on the Mac they're showing at the top. Okay. The thing that really kills me, though, is... 
that the the badging for all day tasks is totally not what most of these apps do. And so in the reminders, you have an option to say, hey, remind me to call Federico at 3 p.m. And at 3 p.m., I'll get an alert and I'll get a one on the reminders badge because I have that one task now due. All day tasks, so tasks without a time, but just a date, like call Federico sometime on Wednesday. It doesn't matter when I call him. I don't have a time associated with it. Just call Federico on Wednesday. In reminders on iOS and macOS, there's a setting that uh, I'm going to get you the exact phrasing. Uh, it is today notification. Set a time to show a notification when there are all day reminders with no specific right. time. So right. I could say, hey, I want at 8.30 a.m. for my Mac to remind me of all the tasks I have today mm that don't have a specific time associated it's like with them. calendars stuff, right? Yeah. You can get a notification for all day events at a certain time. Right. Yes, yeah. it's exactly the same idea. Yeah. In every other app, when a task is due today, it becomes a number on the badge. Yeah, it just badges it. Yeah. Reminders doesn't do this. I think it used to. I'm not positive it used to, but it, at least it doesn't now in this newest version. Even if you have all day reminders set, so I could see a world where the badge has nothing on it, and then when it hits eight thirty, the time I told it, all five of my all day tasks be- become a five on the badge. Right? I have no. five things due today. The, the, no, the badge shouldn't follow the alert time. Well, it's, it it should follow something, and so there is. Well, if something is like at least the way I see it, if something is due today, it badges. And then the alert time is something else. Yes. That is that is how it should work. There is no way for an all-day task to badge and reminders until mm. it's overdue the next day. This feels like the perfect thing to write feedback about, in all honesty. I know I know we make fun of this, but this really feels like something you need to I, I have filed I have filed feedback. Cool. No, that's on iOS too? Yes, iOS and the Mac. Weirdly, the today notification setting doesn't sync, so I could have my phone tell me at 10 a.m. about my all-day reminders. Hmm. But I want the badge to show me what's due today. How Mm -hmm. almost every other app I've ever tried, and I've tried basically all of them, there are options. No badge, a badge for overdue items, or a badge for overdue plus today. My assumption is that the reminders team, and I'm, you know, I'm, I know they work hard on this, and I'm, I'm sure they're great people, but like they don't, they, they're so afraid. Apple is so afraid in its first party apps to add complication like this. Like if it behaved this way, where things sorted the right way, and they were consistent on both platforms, and it would badge overdue plus today. I could get by on reminders really easily, and then I could take advantage yeah. of all the cool stuff reminders can do in the system, but I can't because I really rely on that badge to tell me what's left in my day. I know not everyone works that way. It's the way that I work. It's just I find it frustrating. The app only badges when there is a timed thing that has passed. Yes. Whether that be an all-day thing the previous in previous days or there was a time and the time is now passed there's no badging for things that are just due today but haven't passed by yet 
So if an all day event, does that set a badge? Like if it if you have the triggering to remind you? No, it does not. It an all day task only becomes a badge when it's overdue by a day. Oh, what? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the problem. That's even weirder. Why does it badge at all? All that badges are things that are overdue. So say, in my example, call Federico at 3 p.m. At 3.01, it becomes a badge. This is very confusing. If I have, say, call Federico and there's no time, it won't badge until the next day. So if I don't call Federico on Wednesday, it becomes a badge on Thursday. Why does it have the ability to do it at all, but only when the day has passed? Because it then it's considered, quote, overdue. But why do they but, care about overdue items so much? I don't know. They make you feel bad, too. Like, this insistence on, on something being overdue. Yeah. It's unhealthy. That's, that's, that's really... That's what... That's but, no, but, but the main problem is, if it's an all-day task... It is still due today, like the yes. all day. It means the day is today. Yeah. So it should badge regardless. But, but they only care if you don't do it on that day, right? Like now it's important. <laughs> like, so it, it's all day, but you only want to make me feel bad the following day? <laughs> if I missed it, yeah. If, why? And I, and I get some people don't want badges or they only want to be know, be told about overdue things. Then set the option that all these other apps have. Badge equals yeah. nothing. Badge equals overdue. Badge equals overdue plus today. That's that's how you fix this. You let every you yeah. let people who designed this live the way they want to, and you let people like me who would like to use it live the way I want to. Yeah, these are the types of applications that if you want to get if you want to add more features to them, which they clearly do, right? Because they could have just left it how it was, like mm-hmm. basically just a checklist app. Um. They've clearly wanted to get more complicated because they're adding more complicated features. You have to start getting into the mindset of setting sensible defaults and then allowing for customization. Yeah. Like it really is the only way to do applications like this. Calendars, um, and like the calendar app has quite a lot of customization you can do for it. Not as much as others, but enough. No, but like calendar applications to do applications, even notes applications to a point. Like anything where people are supposed to be using them for work, which is the intention here, you've got to start putting in additional functionality with settings. Like you just got to, you just got to give into it at some point. Uh, yeah, and I've I have provided feedback over the years on this because I think re- I think it'd be awesome to be able to use all the. I mean, reminders can do so much. Like remind me when I'm texting somebody about this thing. That'd be really useful to me. The badging is just like a fundamental way of the way that I work. I think it'd be more awesome if they just opened those features up to any app. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Personally. Oh, I agree. Uh, but short of that. In OmniFocus. No, <laughs> I don't want to say that every time. Don't. I don't want to say that every time. All right. So that's reminder sorting. We've held the best for last. Federico, tell us about oh, yeah. Face ID and the Apple Watch. Yeah, so you can now, uh, in iOS 14.5, you can unlock your phone even if you're wearing a mask by wearing an Apple Watch running watchOS 7.3. So as long as the watch is unlocked and nearby, meaning on your wrist, Face ID will not fail. When it detects that you're wearing a mask, you will see a message saying unlocking with Apple Watch. takes about a second and uh, you will get a haptic feedback on the watch and your phone will unlock. And your watch will say um, mm, iPhone unlocked, 
with Apple Watch or something like that. And it works really well. It's it, it's fast. It just once you install all the updates, it just works. And I'm really impressed by it. Now, question right off the top. It still knows it's you though, right? Or it wouldn't do this. Like if Sylvia tried to open your phone wearing a mask, your watch is not gonna unlock it for her, is it? Like the phone still thinks it's you. It still has to get a partial match, which which it can do, but, but based on everything else except what is covered by the mask. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it's still checking that it's that it's Federico, right? Are we positive that it does that? Well, I'm. I, that's my assumption. I assume it has to, right? Because otherwise, that's that would that would be really. I, I don't know. I just feel like that would be really weird. I feel like it must know because your phone knows it's you, even to a point, which is how like this works for me. Where if I wear this one very specific type of mask that I wear a lot. I do have my phone on lock. Like I've said this on the show before, there's this one type of black mask that I wear the most. And if I'm wearing that mask and it's well, I'm in a well-lit area, my phone will unlock for me because it's trained on that. So my assumption is that it's looking at everything else about your face and is confirming that that That's what feels like it's you. Well. Then checking that your watch is unlocked and in proximity, and then unlocking. But I'm not sure if you can check for a partial match. I would love to know how it actually works. Mm-hmm. I assume it has to be doing that, otherwise they wouldn't add this feature. That would be my assumption as well. I've seen some tweets from people saying, "Oh, so now my you know anybody can grab my phone." And like unlock it with their face, even if my Apple Watch is nearby. Yeah, I don't think that that I don't think that's what's going on here. I think, but that, I mean, at that point, you have bigger problems, right? If someone is forcibly taking your phone and holding you by the wrist, you know, you have a bigger problem, right? But I still well, want to know need to hold you by the wrist, though. They could just like if you're in the same room, but, or it could be right, or it could be you know like in the same. Hmm. I want to know more about the distance. Like, what does nearby mean? Does it mean like thirty mm-hmm. centimeters, or does it mean like two meters away? Like, that's a difference if you're in the same mm-hmm. room. And also, like, does it do any actual partial checking? I don't know. I don't know. But for what I've done so far, like for what I've used so far, it works pretty well. And it's like I'm convinced that like a lot of people will upgrade right away just because of this feature. So Mac rumors says. The iPhone will unlock after a partial face scan. It just says that. I I don't know how they know that, um, but that's what it's saying it will do. And I expect that that is what is happening, that that your phone is getting at least some data about you who can't complete the scan. Because we know that Face ID has the capability to do page, uh, to to recognize partial face scans because you train the system so like that's the thing that we know that it can do that if it thinks that it's got you but it's not sure you put your pin in and then the system learns so the system has the ability to say i think this is federico but i'm not sure so i expect it's that is what's happening it's like that that would be like that makes sense to me because otherwise, I feel like it wouldn't be worth doing. Because we've gotten this far, right? <laughs> we're this far, we're a year into the pandemic now. If 
this feature was removing that level of security, I, I honestly, I feel like it wouldn't be worth enabling at this point. But we, as of right now, we do not have an answer for you, except that's what we think is going on. I mean, it's not going to make me wear an Apple Watch because mm. I've gotten by. Right? Like, I've, I've definitely gotten by at this point. Uh, so it's not going to ch- turn me around. But if you are already a, a, an Apple Watch owner, then awesome. I think that's it. I think we're done. If you want to learn more about the stories we talked about, we have a bunch of links over on our website at relay.fm slash connected slash 331. While you're there, you can get in touch via email with feedback or follow-up, or you can become a member and you'll get Connected Pro, which is an ad-free, longer version of the show each and every week. Each and every week. Uh, I do have some some real-time follow-up. It seems like the 11.3 beta fixes the sorting issue in Reminders. So, On the Mac? On the Mac. Right. So forget what I said about sorting to the top and bottom with things that All right. with, uh, not the date. So that, that, that seems to be taken care of in the Mac beta. Okay. Uh, where was I? I talked about links. How you can become a member, get connected pro, which is really cool. You can find us all online as well. You can find Mike online. He is I M Y K E on Twitter and Mike hosts a bunch of shows here on relay FM. Mike, anything you want to share this week? Um, Last week you said you love everybody, so hmm. that was nice. Now I'm unsure about everybody. <laughs> Times have changed. Suspicious? Mm-hmm. I'm suspicious. I just have one eye on everyone. You can find Federico on Twitter as Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. He's the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. Uh, Federico, what TV series do you enjoy watching and re-watching and re-watching? Ah, uh. Easy. I know what this answer is. The OC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I had it's in com- mind. It's a combination of nostalgia, absolutely fantastic soundtrack, uh, lots of good memories associated with the show, bands that I've got to know and, and actually met in person that I discovered by watching The OC, plus the whole thing of like high school memories and... Yeah, absolutely. Like, I've watched it, I don't know how many times. You can find my writing at 512pixels.net, and I'm on Twitter and Twitch as ISMH. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Squarespace, Smile, and Mac Weldon. Until next week, gentlemen, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.